And so they said, let's get as many Christian films in here, sell them cheap and flood the market with the gospel. And it was like, that is a, a once in a lifetime idea. Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that attempts to break down cultural assumptions and then view those from a more biblical lens. I'm Josh Phillips, joined always by Shane Skirvin. Shane, we have a special guest with us today. Yes, we do. Yes, yes. we do. Yes, we're very honored to have Mr. Chris Starin. Chris, we're happy to have you. How are you doing, man? I'm doing so well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're, we're ha- really happy to have you here. Um, going to talk a little bit about, uh, well, actually, first we get to know you a little bit first. Sure. Um, you know, we've, we've met through a podcast community through Facebook. And uh, so we've only kind of talked digitally, so to speak. Uh, We haven't really got to really talk with you, really talk with you. So we're going to kind of get to know you here a little bit first, and then we're going to kind of get into the topic of evangelism built on our previous show that we just uh, just recorded based on, you know, the the, the whole the survey about evangelism being offensive. And so we're going to talk more, focus more on the idea of how do we evangelize and what are some ways we can do that without offending and just some general kind of strategies. We're going to get Chris's view on this. And so... Uh, to start off with here, Chris, we're kind of getting to know you here a little bit. So, yeah. uh, what's very interesting, you, uh, you first off, uh, Chris hosts a podcast called Truce, Truce Podcast. But uh, you've done a lot more than that, though, Chris. You have um, so many things. Yeah, I, I know. I, I read, I read your bio. I'm like, my goodness, it's like jack of all trades guy here. I mean, that does quite a bit of stuff. I mean, you got paid I just, for almost yeah. none of it too. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's always how it works, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I understand. Like, okay, so you, you, let's get that. You've, you've, you're an author. You've written yes. a book called Cradle Robber, right? And you've directed two movies: one called mm-hmm. Bringing Up Bobby, uh, and one called Between the Walls. Right. I'm, I'm kind of curious, though. Like, I mean, so you're a podcast host. You've directed two movies. You've written a book. Yeah. Uh, what's kind of like your background? Like, what kind of led you into those sort of creative fields? And like, uh, sure. do you have like a like I don't know if you have schooling or just a general interest? Like, yeah. what kind of brought you into that? Well, it's really silly. I, I, you know, kind of grew up at the very dawn of the internet. I'm in my late thirties now, but, uh, email, yeah, (laughs) email was just coming out when I was like 10 years old. Um, and it was all the free Juno. If you remember Juno, the free email. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I haven't Uh, heard that in years. Wow. (laughs) I I doubt they're a company anymore. Did did you search on ask Jeeves? (laughs) I, you know, I used to, I used to love ask Jeeves and dogpile. (laughs) Um, oh, I don't know that one. I used Alta files. Vista, um, all oh, those. Oh, wow, wow. But I, I, was on, um, I was on Juno all the time emailing a, a buddy of mine um, who lived, of course, you know, eight miles away or something. And, uh, but it was, you know, new technology. It was very exciting. Why not? And yeah. I, I realized, boy, with as much time as I'm spending writing emails, I could be writing a book. So I just started <laughs> writing a book. So when I was 11 years old, I wrote my first uh, book as a young adult book that was self-published uh, called How to Survive a Money-Making Summer. So, Very oh, long okay. title. Wow, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it was also a Christian book. Um, so I, I was trying to kind of, I don't know, uh, express my faith for like so the first time in writing. That's and my cool. parents have always been very supportive of me. Um, and so they, uh, my mom helped me self-publish and my dad is a heating and air conditioning, uh, eating and air conditioning contractor and very, very good with his hands and he makes friends everywhere he goes. So he, um, he made friends with a guy who is a printer and, uh, and so they su- surprised me by having this guy work with us and actually print my book, um, wow. as you know, That's cool. 
as a kid. And they had a local art. My parents paid a local artist to do the cover and everything. And uh, so that was my first experience. You know, we sold a few dozen copies. Okay. So this was legit published. When you said published, you mean like self-published, but it was printed. Oh, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. And my mom, you know, uh, she, she is very business conscious. And so she walked me around and uh, we went to independent bookstores and we went to Borders when that was still a company. I remember that, yes. uh, and, uh, and we got them to do consignment sales of my book. Uh, so, you know, I had on the little local authors section, I, I was up there, uh, you know, selling 11, my book. An 11 year old author? Yeah, I was 12 by the time it, 12? Uh, okay, 12. I finished it. <laughs> Oh, wow. Let's put some hair. I was 12. You, you, you listen. Hold I thought on. I was 11 when I started writing it and I 12 when I finished, but, um, totally different, totally, different. totally different. Totally. It's not a great work of art. I'm, I, I'm not a natural, uh, novelist. Um, so even like, uh, create, I'm much more of a, um, screenwriter. Um, it, it's, I, I much more visual because it's screenwriting. It's kind of like you put in the location, you put in some, a little description mm-hmm. and then, Whammo, there's your dialogue. You're knocking out plot points. Um, but in a book, you have to fill in, you know, Trent felt anxious about right. meeting up with Barbara, you know, and yeah. it's, it's, a, and, oh, yeah. and, yeah. Uh, I understand. I'm a video production teacher. So, yeah, I understand what you, yes. what yeah. you mean by that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, they, it kind of all started out with that. Um, and it's kind of a long tail how I got to podcasting, but um, to, promote- oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, will you? Okay. Right, I'll we'll let you there, lead yeah. the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so uh, what about what about the so was that kind of the transition into uh, doing the the directing and the the movies was more like you started started a writing style and was like hold on I, I'm, fine, I'm more of kind of visual kind of writer this is sort of trying to translate emotions and things like that's a little tougher or like th- did it just sort of flow a little bit better as a screenwriter? Which yeah. is just a lot like a lot of people in our era. Uh, it was like I, I uh, filmmakers in our era. I started out with video cameras. It was like my favorite toy. And so mm-hmm. my brother and I have a twin brother uh, who's the, the greatest blessing of my life. Um, and uh, we, we just run around together and we make up videos all the time. Uh, and so in high school, my senior year, we made, uh, uh, gosh, we made a ton of videos. I want to say it was 30 or 40 videos. Wow. Um, That's awesome. And we put them uh, every Thursday. We would run it in our high school. We called it the Thursday show. And uh, we'd run it in our high school uh, on the closed circuit TV network. And almost nobody watched it, uh, but uh, you know we uh, you know passed out uh, VHS copies of it to all of our friends, and uh, and cool. I, some people still watch it. I, I'm told, uh, <laughs> but uh, they didn't then, but they do now. Yeah, and um, uh, and so that was kind of like a deal. I was like, wow, I, I feel like I could do this filmmaking thing. So I went to film school and. Oh, okay. While yeah, I did a lot. That, of that was what I was wondering. I wonder if you had like kind of like went to do formal training or anything like that. Yeah. So film school. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. You really well. That makes sense. So because be a director and put all that effort because it's a lot of work. It's a tremendous a amount of work, especially because we had we had almost no money. So I to say I was a director is to, it's is to almost say the job that took me the least amount of time. <laughs> um, you know, like I, I spent a lot of time location scouting and putting together wardrobe and I helped mm. with makeup and set design and I mean everything. So my brother and I did almost everything in that film except for acting it. And then, uh, we had a few crew members help us, but, uh, we couldn't afford to pay anybody. So we had to teach the crew members how to do their jobs. Um, wow. and then, yeah, it's, you know, people like uh, if you read, if you want a really big laugh, read the the comments on Amazon because people are like this movie looks cheap. It's like, yeah, it cost us you know twenty thirty thousand dollars to make the film. Napoleon yeah. Dynamite uh, costs literally twelve times 
as much as our film to make. And, and it's like, and people rag on that for being cheap looking. Yeah. Imagine one twelfth of the budget. <laughs> I know. I don't think people understand like what goes into a oh. movie. Yeah. It's, you know, it was a video guy, you know, it's expensive. Oh yeah. And oh my gosh. Yes. And uh, yeah, I mean, they cram it into a short amount of time, probably because they have to just keeping everybody there and right. the locations and all, all, all the money that goes into that. And the people you're paying, probably some by the hour. I mean, right. it's, it's, it can get it, expensive quickly. How do you find actors? I mean, it's, it's a very complex oh, thing. Yeah. Um, and then to do, we tried to do it in a, in a way that was very beautiful um, with the money that we had uh, and, and where the cinematography really lent itself to the comedy for the comedy and the drama for the drama. Um, so there, there was so much involved in it, but podcasting is much easier. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So now, now you're into podcasting and I'm kind of curious before, before you actually decided to go into podcasting, were you much of a podcast listener? Were there certain types of podcasts? I got a guess what you probably listened to, but go ahead. I'm gonna let you go and answer. I would love to hear the guess actually. Is that all right? Before I tell you. Sure, sure. Uh, well, I've listened to your podcast, and yeah. I, as soon as I started, I mean, I, I got like a minute or two into it, and I was yeah. like, wow, his style r- really reminds me of these crime podcasts that my wife listens to. Oh. oh. And that are really popular. And yeah. there's, it's, because like, well, okay, we'll, we'll go ahead and jump into some of your podcast stuff. You, you, you go from a more, a more journalistic angle, really. Yes. With, mm-hmm. your, with your podcast. And yeah. I guess you could kind of say that with these crime ones, too. It's, it's a similar, there, there's a very, there's a certain format, at least the one that I've heard. Right. And yours seems really similar, kind of, in a, in a way, to her. And so I thought maybe that was yeah. something maybe you modeled it after, or I don't know. Wait, are you, uh, the only podcast, crime podcast I listen to is Criminal, if that's the one you've listened to. Maybe. I don't um, know the name. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I've, I actually, I think the closest one to mine is probably Planet Money, the NPR okay. show, the economic show, uh, because yeah. they take these complex ideas, economics, and then they um, try to tell it in a really fun way. Um, so like they, they did a series where to show how trade is really global, they made a t-shirt, but, and they followed every single step of going to cotton growers, to the export of cotton, to how is it woven into fabric and all that stuff. And so you got to see it being made. So what I'm trying to do with truce is take all these really complex subjects and, and, um, kind of have fun with them and show how they got there. Um, and, and, and what the history of that is, and then try to use some interesting examples, like, um, to give you a little taste of season three, uh, which hopefully will come out soon. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Romanovs, the, the last mm-hmm. czars of Russia. And, uh, and so we're making Stroganoff and talking about the Romanovs. So Romanov Stroganoff, uh, <laughs> is the, that episode. So we're going to have fun while we do it. And then I'm going to edit it like, um, you know, like a, like an NPR show. So there'll be interjections oh. with edit, uh, with, um, me talking, um, and, and later episodes, there'll be interviews with experts and there's music and sound effects and soundscapes. Right. And, right. Yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's a similar style. Yeah. And I yeah. like that style. It's really, that's really interesting way of doing it. Yeah. Not- it's very production heavy, very, yeah. very production. I, I was reading uh, somebody posted on the Facebook community about how much I think something about how much time spent right. on your podcast, and I read your comment. And I was like, I don't doubt it. I don't forget how many hours you said you put on each yeah. one. But I was like, I it's, don't doubt it. It's about it's between fifteen and thirty hours per episode. Um, yeah, if, if you're going like all the way through, um, it's very complex. But I, I love doing it. Uh, I get mm-hmm. to be creative without the expense of doing a movie. Um, you know, all the visuals and the lighting and the actors. And, mm-hmm. um, it's still, you know, ex- it's still expensive because I'm going to conferences and I would very much like to do this full time someday. 
because mm-hmm. uh, I have a full-time job and do this podcast. Um, it's so hard, it, isn't it? <laughs> it's so hard. I mean, yeah, you guys know it's yeah, we do. not easy. Um, I mean, and, and I don't think it's not always aware. Uh, people are not always aware of the stuff that you do behind the scenes, uh, the, all the Facebook posting and the going to conferences and coming mm-hmm. up with ideas and reading books. And, um, uh, I, I don't like social media myself. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of anti-social media and then, uh, and then we have to do that to promote our shows. Yeah. Um, so you never know. It's and that's the hard part of the marketing. That's just oh. your name, get it out there. It's so frustrating. Yeah. And then people say, well, you got to do it for an audience of one, but you're like, yeah, but I kind of need a real audience or else I don't know why I'm doing this, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. It, is, just, it is kind of like that. You, you, you sort of pour your heart and soul into it. And you're like, you know, it doesn't matter how many people are listening. You know, you just really, tr- right. yeah, I just really, it's, you put everything into it and just trust that it's going to be used yeah. somehow, somehow. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm curious. So, so uh, to kind of back it up a little bit, like what was, what was the process like that got you thinking, um, I'm going to do, I want to do my own podcast or what, what, what led you yeah. to that point to make that decision? Sure. You know, silly enough, I was in, in film school and we had to, you know, we had access to the whole communications building, by the way, don't anybody go to film school. It's a waste of money. Um, <laughs> we can go into that. Send me an email. I'll tell you why. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> Shane like that. One. Uh, but, uh, um, Anyway, so I was in this audio lab and I was like, I feel this just feels right to me being in this audio lab. And, I'm like, and I didn't explore that at all um, in college. But then when my brother and I released Bringing Up Bobby, uh, we heard about this thing called podcasting. And so we thought we'll start a podcast. And this is, I mean, I think Bringing Up Bobby came out in like 2008, mm-hmm. 2000, 2007, something. Um, so uh, uh, we we were way ahead of the curve, <laughs> but way before anybody else knew about podcasting. Um, and so pretty, you started ar- like around then. Yeah. Uh, well that, that was my original show, not the, sh- not truce. Right. Um, right. But, uh, so we had a podcast for two years and it kind of went from us talking about our movies and trying to promote those to us going out and just trying to report stories. Uh, so we, you know, uh, ran into a guy who was evangelizing at the County fair and so we, we did a whole like walk around the county fair and reported out what was going there. And then we talked to this guy about how he was doing evangelism. Uh, or we went to a Promise Keepers event and, and because they, did, couldn't, they could not get positive attention back in the day, they were thrilled to have us and they treated us like royalty and were like, wow, okay. And, you know, uh, we got to just go up and interview people. And it was like, I really, really like this. Uh, just getting to scratch below the surface here. And so I put that away for um, almost a decade. Um, and then, and it was always calling to me as I was writing the books and stuff like, boy, I miss podcasting. Uh, and I had all these ideas that I, I, I wanted to cover and, and writing a novel is slow. It's just a long process. I can imagine, um, yeah. and it's honestly somewhat sexist in the Christian environment. Cause, um, I had, um, agents tell me that if I was going to write, I had to write under the pseudonym of a woman. Uh, because nobody really? would buy, yeah, nobody would buy a book written by a man. Um, and it was just like, what, what are you talking about? Um, so it was a very strange, and that was at a Christian podcaster summit. Um, the, um, what is it? American Christian fiction writers conference, ACFW. That's it. Okay. Um, one of the guys told me that I was like, that's bananas. Um, yeah, I've never heard that. So, I mean, yeah. 
Is it like a, for a specific genre or just authors in general? Right. So, I mean, I haven't been in the Christian writing world very closely for the last, last two or three years, but almost everything, I think it's something like 80% of everything that's bought in a Christian bookstore is bought by a woman. Um, and the number one like genre in Christian writing is women's fiction. Uh, that's the thing that sells Amish romance, Christian uh, women's fiction, romance. My um, wife's in there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. See? Yeah. They love it. They love it. Um, and it's, you know, it's cheap to produce. It's easy to promote. There's already an established market. Um, so it would be like for teenagers now, like secular teenagers writing a dystopian novel. Everybody wants dystopian stuff. Uh-huh. You know, nobody's looking for the new genre. Um, they just want you to replicate what already exists. Uh, so right. in the Christian world, in the Christian fiction world, it's women's fiction and Amish romance. And I can't write that stuff. Uh, my my <laughs> Cradle Robber is a pretty dark time travel thriller. Um, <laughs> that is, I almost guarantee, unlike anything you've read before. Is, uh, it, it, is it kind of a romantic spin? Too? I thought I saw that on the Amazon. Is. Okay, There's okay. a little bit of a romantic spin because I was trying to make it sell on the Christian market um, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and complicate the plot a little bit. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, and it's, it has an anti-hero, which you never find in the Christian market. Um, but it was one of those things that was like, I have to write this book. I know it won't sell, but I have to write this book. Um, and so who knows? God willing, it'll make an impact somewhere. So, yeah. Wow. That's about that's nuts, man. That's nuts. It is. Yeah. So podcasting works for me better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. that's crazy. You, so you were just, uh, you get in like on the ground floor sort of. It's, it's weird. So yeah. it's like for me, like I listened to podcasts for gosh, I don't know how many years yeah. before we got into this. I listened to fantasy football, fantasy baseball, sermons, yeah. stuff like that. And then, yeah, we had, that's wild. Did you just, did you just say, Hey, this, this is a, this is a thing. I'll jump right in. Right. Do it. That's pretty cool. You're, that's pretty bold. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it, it, it was so exciting to be doing it at that time, but it's true. Like there was hardly anybody listening to podcasts, even now. I mean, here a decade later, you got this amazing technology and there are still a ton of people, you know, even young people who don't know what a podcast is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, it's getting better, yeah. but uh, it's still, it's still hard, you know, yeah, yeah. it's still an emerging market. Shane, do you want to jump in? I know I'm like hogging the, Spotlight here. If you have any questions, yes, you Shane to... is here. Uh, no, I I, I enjoy <laughs> listening to this uh, dialogue. This is interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, you're a, you're asking the questions I would be asking. I mean, that's okay. that's this is interesting. We'll kind of wrap it up with this. Uh, at least sure. the get to know you part. Um, so what what is it? And you, you kind of touched on this a little bit about what you do on Truth's podcast, but ultimately, what are you trying to accomplish uh, with your podcast? Sure. Um, so there are a lot of people struggling with their faith right now. Um, even even people who've been going to church their whole lives. Um, and then people who have been, you know, just kind of on the line, uh, do I want to believe this or not? And, uh, there are so many distractions that are leading us away because a lot of things have glommed onto Christianity, pyramid schemes claim, you know, use Christian language to try to sell things. Hmm. Um, political candidates, uh, use those things, uh, capitalism oh, yeah. mm-hmm. clings onto Christianity. Um, yeah. and I'm not saying that capitalism's bad, uh, but it's just one of those deals that we have to, when we bond ourselves with another thing, when it's not just Jesus, we have to kind of answer for the repercussions of those things. Um, and so there are a lot of people on the line or, uh, who are, are burdened by this, this idea of how did we get entangled with all these things? And so God willing, my, my show will speak to some of those concerns. Um, like when did Christians first get involved in politics? Um, why did so many, uh, white evangelicals follow after Donald Trump and does he have any kind of faith of his own and does that matter? Um, and so there, there are a lot of really tough issues that we're covering, 
Um, we're, uh, in season three, we'll be, coming, be covering empire because Christian Christianity has been tied to empire throughout time. Um, so we'll we'll be covering a lot of really tough subjects. Yeah, I think, I think um, you're piquing uh, Shane's interest over here. Oh yeah, for oh. sure. I think you're talking his uh, language yeah. over there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, how so? What's what's your interest in that, Shane? Uh, I just think it's fascinating um, the impact of the Bible uh, on mm-hmm. the Western world, and even like you said with empire, I think it's really interesting how I didn't know I had fairly recently learned how nations are a, a Judeo-Christian or you kind of say like Jewish Protestant in the sense it's a biblical worldview, an empire mm-hmm. was, I mean, when Christianity came upon the scene in, in numbers, like in the Roman Empire, I mean, that's what the world all knew was empires. It was the strongest, right? right? If, you're, yeah. if you were strong, you had a far domain. Um, if you were weak, your empire shrank. And the idea that there was fixed geographical boundaries and uh, language that determined what a nation was and that you had to respect those boundaries as opposed to just, you know, to the strongest takes all. I, I, I thought it was fascinating. Um, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I think the Bible shapes, it speaks a lot about politics and how it shapes uh, people's worldview, you know, so I, I, I think that's fascinating. It can. I mean, it can. Uh, I, I, there are a few instances where Jesus kind of slaps the hand of politicians in a lot of ways. I, I, I mean, you think of him talking to the Pharisees, calling them whitewashed tombs. Um, they were the leaders of the Jewish people or saying, you know, uh, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Uh, he's saying like, stop worrying about taxes, spread the gospel, do your thing. Um, so he he is somewhat political in some ways, uh, but there are a lot of other ways that he's not, um, or that the Bible is kind of quiet about things. Um, and so that because because quite honestly, a lot of the stuff we talk about now was not around then. Um, you know, like right. carbon capture. Like, is there does the Bible say anything about carbon capture? No. You know, does it uh, does it say anything really about oil drilling? Not really. Um, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, so we there are a lot of people filling in gaps, and I generally try to avoid that, um, but uh, try to see how we got to that if I can. Yeah, I I, I kind of look at that intersection of of where um, to me how it shapes. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's yeah, yeah. I, to me, I I, I think of how. Uh, our beliefs, they shape our culture, and then that mm-hmm. politics is downstream of that. I was just about to bring that you know, up. That's yeah, so, I, yeah, yeah, and so like I think of like rule of law, um, s- some of the different uh, equal, everyone um, equal rights is the idea of, you know, made in the image of God. I'm speaking of the broader principles and how it informs oh, okay. politics. I, I definitely agree with you. Um, or even how Christianity well, has we the idea of respecting the weak and, and yeah. that you, you build some sort of safety net you you don't look to just squash you know how can we how can we say that we that a god created us and then we turn around and believe in social evolution you know sure. same people that would never believe in biological evolution will then turn around and, and act like they believe in social evolution uh-huh. i i'm a big believer that our culture has to shape how we build our communities sure uh-huh. yes. and we, we, as we said before it's sort of like you know worldview influences culture and culture influences po- i think that, that, that's how we put it and, yeah. and, and influences the political arena yeah i mean yeah now, whether that's positive or negative, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's more, I think my show more focuses on, uh, have we thought through the repercussions of something? Um, that's good. You know, I like and that. that. Yeah. I yeah. Like that. You know, um, uh, because we don't always think about the things, I mean, just to live in life, you have to, 
you're going to come into complications. I mean, you go to the grocery store and you're going to go as if people know you're a Christian and you're just, hi, I'm, I'm a Christian. You walk into the grocery store, you put your fruit or your produce into a um, plastic bag. Um, you're saying, oh, wait a second. I, I don't mind about, you know, that makes a statement about the environment. And you're like, oh, okay, am I okay with this? You know, that we have just being in the world, we're going to end up making statements. Um, things get tied to Christianity just because we're around in the world. Um, and we just have to be careful with those things um, because they can ruin our witness. Um, and that's, mm-hmm. that's the, the scariest thing is like, are, 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 are the things that we hold on to that are not actually in the Bible hurting our witness and our actual calling? Um, or are the, are, are the things that are somewhat fuzzy in the Bible hurting our actual calling? Um, and that, that's kind of where I go into like the pyramid schemes. Um, there, you know, there are a lot of, people that know that like Amway gets associated with Christianity. Um, but they are actively ripping off Americans. Well, people all over the world, really. Um, and, uh, and, and so how do we answer for those things? You know, so that's what the show looks into. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's really interesting. We, I know we, we've talked about doing a future <clears throat> podcast episode of like being a Christian within a political environment and, <laughs> Uh, it's tricky. It's tricky. I think a it lot is. of times, boy, there's a lot of assumptions that get brought into sure. holding a position as a Christian. Like, you know, like I don't want to spell it out too much here, but um, uh, if I support this person or this party or whatever, like, then I'm a Christian. I'm dead set on everything. Everything they say is correct. And it's like, well, you, you can't really do that. Like, no. you really, you have to, you have to filter everything. You do. Yeah. And so, and it's, I think it's really easy for a lot of people to just follow a leader, follow a party, just dead set. Like what they speak is the gospel truth. And it's like, that's, right. that, can, that can be dangerous. And I think that's, that sounds like kind of sort of what you're saying is. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's easy to do though. Right. Cause yeah, it's, it, it's it like is. what, yeah. it's like what Chris said. Uh, we live in a distracted age. Yeah. It's, it takes a lot of work to actually be informed about the issues. Yeah. Well, who has time? I mean, like yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I do this, you know, this is a thing that I would like to do for a living. And, uh, you know, I haven't read an actual newspaper in like two months, you know. Uh, What's so a it's newspaper? Like, oh, well. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I know. I, I, I yeah. know. I, I definitely yeah. know. I grew up reading those things. Every morning, sports yeah, page, yeah. but still, nonetheless, sure. it was a... Yeah, well, you <laughs> know, you probably paper. saw the headlines before you got to the sports, but... I, I uh, did, I did. Yeah. Dad, here you go. Yeah, there uh, you go. No, but... Uh, okay, well, 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 I kind of you were talking about evangelism and things like that. That'd be kind of a little segue here uh, to our topic here. We're going to talk a little bit about evangelism, and uh, Chris, want to hear a lot about uh, kind of some of your views. Got a couple of things. We're going to talk just kind of in general a little sure. bit, but we're going to relate it a little bit to the previous episode we talked about, about mm-hmm. the sometimes perceived offensive nature of, of evangelism and Shane, we have you jump in here too a little bit. I'm gonna try to stay out of the way if I can. You know, you know <laughs> it's I your show. Get okay. in. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to hog the mic. So um, I think it's we'll start out mind. with. Um, so so Chris, uh, you said evangelism is a big part. It's that's part of what you want to do uh, in your yeah. podcast, and, I, and I'm going to assume that's in your, just in your personal day to day life. That's also something that's a part of that as well. Um, yeah. Is there a, do you do you have like a preferred way of of evangelizing to some, I know this might sound like a weird question. But yeah. You mean like a method? Yeah. Like if, if, yeah. if all, if all things were set up perfect, if everything was like, it's like, okay, if a non-believer comes to me, mm-hmm. here's how I would want to do it. If, if, if I could have them say a certain something first or, mm-hmm. or here's the scenario, is there sort of like a golden scenario that you just kind of hope would unfold? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, oftentimes, 
oftentimes I don't have a choice. Like it's, it, God will just set somebody in my lap and it'd be like, here, now's the time. And you're like, oh, now? Okay. That is uh, how it tends to work. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, it, and a lot of times it's, it, there's some kind of relationship, not always. Um, but like I was at the podcast movement conference in August and uh, because I have a Christian podcast, I just in, in explaining my show to other people, I, I got to have conversations about the Lord with people. And some of them were very angry um, about uh, the way Christianity has gotten tied to different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also my friend Eric Nevins, who's the host of Halfway There podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he and I have been palling around a lot at different conferences and things and have a great time. Uh, but we you know, got to pray with people, which is cool. Um, but I guess if you're going to say an ideal, um, hopefully you, you can look for little cues that people are giving you about what is the hiccup for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I have a friend, uh, my brother and I were talking to this week that we've known for years that uh, he just every now and then will start spilling his guts about the church. And we're like, oh, okay, well here, it's time to go now, you know? Just sort of un- like unloading like, neg- like negativity? Or? The, things that, the things that hurt him. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, things that hurt him. Um, and so uh, he, he had had a church write him a letter when he was in his twenties and he was, you know, poor 20 year old and uh, saying, you haven't paid your tithe to the level that we think you should. And if you want to be, remain an upstanding member of this church, you have to do that, uh, which is a thing that some Christian domin- denominations do. Um, hmm. You know, they will ask for money point blank like that uh-huh. and ask for a certain amount. Um, and, I've heard uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so that, really turn him off to the mm-hmm. Lord. And, you know, yeah. here he is, you know, 25 years later, 2020, 20, 25 years later, still haunted by this memory. Um, and so, uh, we, we got into a really good conversation about, uh, the fact that all of us are fallen. Um, and that, you know, some people, some denominations, some leaders hold themselves up as perfect. Um, and that that's a mistake. It's, it's a mistake mm-hmm. to do that because we are all fallible. And every last one of us needs Jesus. The the most perfect person who you could think, I don't know who that would be. Imagine the most perfect person you could aside from Jesus. And, and that person needs Jesus as much as I do um, as anybody. And that's, that's a really hard concept for some folks. Um, so that, that tends to be where I come from, come from is that all have sinned and fallen short concept. Mm -hmm. Um, especially depending on the modern audience, uh, uh, but that's that's something that a lot of people struggle with because we all kind of want to believe that we're all pretty decent, and you know I'm actually not a bad guy, you know. Mm-hmm. I, uh, but I, I am actually a pretty bad guy, you know. <laughs> like, what what is your standard, you know? Um, uh, so that that tends to be where we come from. Um, yeah. Is is all of us have fallen short? But the good news is I don't have to work for this thing. Uh, I that Jesus has done the work. Um, mm-hmm. It just takes faith, uh, which is. Incredible. It's amazing what an, uh, an easy thing it is to explain, um, but it's a hard thing to grasp in your heart because um, mm-hmm. we want to earn it. It's the yeah. only worldview where you can't earn your salvation. It's you, t- by, you can't do it by work. You can't work your way to salvation. Right. Yeah. So. Um, which is, it, it tends to be the conversation we have. It's either that or I do get a lot of people who will say, um, I, don't, I don't know that I could trust a God who, who, who hates gay people. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, God doesn't hate gay people. Um, yeah, but, uh, that, um, that comes up a lot, uh, when I, when I talk to people about the Lord. That's, and it's getting more and more popular. Yeah. And it's, yeah. 
And we have to, yeah, and I think as a church, we have to really be really careful in how we answer that question. And sure. Really, I, I think, uh, I remember um, a pastor one time talking about making premeditated decisions in your mm-hmm. life. And I think a lot of, with a lot of these t- really hot button topics that we have today that we're dealing with in the culture, we kind of have to have a premeditated, I don't say argument, but premeditated position that we've already kind of thought about yeah. so that we're not, we're not answering this emotionally and right. that we can have a very well-crafted, loving type of response to yeah. people like that. So, yeah. but Shane, yeah. uh, so I'm sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, I was, that, that's great. That's great. <laughs> it, it does help like to, to, to actually talk about what they are talking about and, and keep bringing it back to Jesus. Of course. Um, right. that's, that's the other big key thing is keep bringing it back to Jesus. Yeah. Um, definitely. because a lot of times you and I are not going to be able to argue someone into heaven. Um, a lot of it comes to like trying yeah. to calm down that, that part of them that's struggling um, and just be like, you know what? It's time to give to Jesus. Yeah. That's the main thing. And Shane, I don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Shane, is there like a preferred, can I ask you the sort of the same question, a preferred way of like a perfect setup to, to spread the gospel to somebody, to evangelize somebody? Is there sort of like the ideal, I hope they say this to me, or I'm going to lead with this? Um, you know what? For me, it's definitely conversational style. I mean, I think everyone is always... Um, as humans, it's, it's my firm belief that we're all trying to interpret and and apply, uh, make sense of what happens to us on a daily level. We're all trying to p- fit our life, like Chris was would say, into a narrative, into a story. This is how we, as humans, understand the world. We're always trying to find our way and interpret it into a story of meaning. You know, so I, I think that process is always ongoing, uh, and I think the vast majority of people, healthy. People, as far as if they're not dealing with some sort of uh, mental issue, you know, um, that 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 is what we're trying to do, unless that process is interrupted. So for me, it's it's joining in in with a conversational approach, talking about meaning, and and one of the things I hate, and this is something that I think is an idol in our our society, is it's and Chris talked about it, it's the distractions. So many people they just go from thing to thing without examining um, assumptions and deep held beliefs. So I love to kind of steer that back conversational style into what what shapes them what pings them what 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 gives their life meaning and purpose I think that's I think anytime you're talking about that you're uh, on good ground you're on sacred ground when yep. you're talking about what gives people's uh, life meaning and purpose that's what's so amazing about uh, creative storytelling right it's one of the reasons I love stories history uh, culture is because it, we read I mean when we read these stories, I mean, we're really looking at our own, they're really mirrors. You know, we're, we're looking at what shapes us, what, what excites us, what is our hope and aspiration. So I, I just like to, I, as natural as possible, I just like to come in on a conversational approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I, Josh, you're right. Oh, sorry. No, but, no. Uh, I was going to say, you, you, you're right. Uh, it does, it, it's great to have the conversation, but sometimes, like, if you haven't, if you've never thought about it yourself, like, how do I say this thing? Uh, it gets tough. Uh, so like Josh, you were saying, your, your pastor had said, you have a few kind of points in your head. Um, mm. I, I've, at, when I was writing the movies, I had to write evangelism scenes because they are evangelistic movies. And so in order to try to make that sound right, I would preach the gospel out loud to myself because it's, it's one thing to, to have it in your head um, and be like, oh, these are the points I would say. But it's another thing to say them, <laughs> even to Absolutely. yourself. Yes. Yeah. Even to yourself. Yes. Uh, so um, I would, in the shower, I would try to explain it to myself <laughs> like I'd never heard it before. Um, and then, in you know, driving the car. 
I try to explain it. And that was kind of the approach, especially in bringing out Bobby that we took. And it helped me a lot because before that I would just fumble with trying to explain creation and the prophets and the Kings and the, you know, like the whole big argument. It's like, I don't have to do all those things, you know? Yeah. Uh, you can, depending on the audience, uh, but how, uh, and how long they'll sit there. <laughs> yeah, how long? Yeah, you may not have that long. Uh, yeah. But uh, that's it, brilliant, Chris. I it, like it's, that. It's fun. It, it really makes a difference to me, especially as obviously somebody who likes to talk, um, <laughs> to be able to to have those the ability to have done it before when nobody was listening. So yeah, that helps a gotcha. lot. Well, so um, yeah, that's good. I, I have, I have another oh, question great. for you here. You know, we were talking about, again, in our previous episode that we had um, about uh, the gospel being, or sharing your faith and trying to convert somebody as being offensive. We, oh, yeah. we, got, we got into all those matters and all this stuff. Yeah. But when, as we were uh, preparing for the show and everything, the thought came to me. I was like, well, hold on a second. Um, in, a, in a way, is the gospel in and of itself, does it sort of offend us in, in a way and our, our, offend yeah. our nature? Oh, so, sure. Yeah. So, so expand on that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if... We, we do have that idea that we talked about that all of us think we're pretty decent guys, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not, uh, but, uh, you know, we, we can kind of build ourselves up to be like, well, I, I did. Okay. So it is an offense to say, you know, you, you are a sinner and you need help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is, that is the reality of the situation. It's a the tough trick, pill to swallow for, it can for, all, be. for all of us. I mean, yeah, yeah on but some it's, level. It's great once you realize, oh my goodness, that means I don't have to work my way to heaven. There's not some great scale I'm trying to tip in my favor. Um, and that That's the joy of the gospel. I I, I don't have to because it's already done, um, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Uh, but um, uh, the, 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 the twist is we can take something that is already going to offend us and make it more offen- unnecessarily offensive mm-hmm. um, by, you know, I would like, I, I've gotten pushback from friends before, like, oh, I'll never do street evangelism. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'll never go out on the street and just share with people or talk out in the open square because it's offensive. And it's like, well, what, what, what part of it is offensive? Uh, well, it's people yelling when they're yelling. It's like, well, the problem isn't them being on the street. The problem is that they're yelling because yelling automatically sounds hateful. You mm-hmm. know, like it, it's the your, your problem is the is the volume uh, <laughs> yeah. or is the sound of the voice. Your problem is not the gospel, um, right. you know, and that that can be fixed. I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, go out and share the gospel in the open square at a normal, pleasant voice. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and, and it's funny, uh, I think that God is, is amazing how he works in people's lives across time. And, and if you get to like be in people's lives across time, you get to see so many neat things. Uh, one of the guys who put, used to push back the hardest, um, uh, is actually has been doing open air evangelism around the world as a missionary now. Really? (laughs) Yeah. And now, now he does it all the time. And it's like, Lord, you took the guy that who was the least likely to do this and you made him do it. I, I, I always want to encourage people like you just don't know. Don't say, God, I will never do this thing like this kind of evangelism. I'll never go hand out a tract. Cause you probably you will. God, God <laughs> may, God may give you a tract in your hand and then give you the exact person that needs that tract. Yeah. Uh, God, you know, I, you never say I'll never, you know, uh, turn a political conversation to the gospel because God, God could do, you just don't know. Um, so it's like, you got, you really have to be equipped at all times. You know, what's funny is like, that's actually yeah. one of my preferred methods is I, we, that's, I, that's always, we start talking like, 
I tell people like politics or uh-huh. or just general morality, yeah, uh, stuff like stuff like that, and that's the easiest way for me to steer it because then they start having a view on something, and I'm like, well, why do you have? You start asking a lot of questions. I'm like, well, why do you think that way? And right. they start talking. And I'm like, then you can sort of, you know, if you if you if you think about it, I think about it all the time. I ask myself yeah. questions all the time, so I'm prepared. It's yeah, just being interested in apologetics as I am. Uh, I just do that all the time. And so I'm always, I feel like I'm always have their questions ready to go. I'm just sort of like open them up within their own assumptions. Right. And it really leads to some really productive discussion. And I've, and it's funny, me, me and Shane talk about this. Like sometimes what's, what's kind of discouraging sometimes about doing a Christian podcast, especially from an evangelistic point of view, is like people want to be entertained so much and they're, yeah. they, they, want, they want to be distracted. And so when you want to talk about something that's meaningful and really important, like something that's extremely important to you, it can sometimes be frustrating that, people aren't as interested but we, we, what we found is when you actually get somebody rolling a little bit mm-hmm. and no matter who the person is it doesn't matter when you yeah. start talking about these really serious things they kind of they like it like once you get the ball rolling they they're, they're real they're interested they're, they're telling what they think and you're having as long as you're having a productive discussion you're not you know yelling at each other and being disagreeable but as long as you're really genuinely listening to each other uh i find that most people really enjoy talking about that sort of thing of course yeah yeah uh yeah. and i I did an interesting episode uh, where I interviewed a guy who was really interesting who reaches out to Muslims um, on the internet. And he has this part of this organization where they reach out in, in the Muslim world uh-huh. and, uh, and then they connect those people with real live Christians so that they can do small groups in person. That's awesome. It's an unbelievable ministry. And I, I, I unfortunately, it's the, uh, the Muslim world. I can't tell you who he is or what the uh, ministry yeah, is. Right. I understand. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's on, the, on, the, on the feed for truce. But he, he was telling me about this lady who was just so nervous. Like, what do I say? Like, uh, what do, to, to these people, how do I get them to read, you know, read the Bible? How do we get to these conversations? And she just kind of started a small group and, and they just read through a gospel. And then people could ask questions. And she like was asking, I wish I'd written down the questions, but she has a few questions she asks about like, how does this relate to you? Um, what does this say about God? That kind of stuff. Um, and just by asking people questions, uh, people started coming to the Lord. And it was like, oh, it's not that. It, it, we make it so much harder than it has to be. <laughs> Dang, you know, Chris, a lot of times. You keep an- I had all these questions ready. I'm like, dang, he's, he's oh. answering all the ones already. I don't, I don't even good. have to ask. Well, good night, my- everybody. We're yeah, all hey, all right, hey, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, one of my questions was like, what do you, what would you say? We'll end it right here. What would you say oh, to the person happy. that, um, that said that's nervous about sharing the gospel and is like, I'm not. What if, you know, what if they say something that I'm not gonna, I know yeah. how to respond to. I, I you know, I, I can't remember all the verses yeah. and things like. What, what advice would you give to somebody like that? I see, you know. First of all, praise God that you get the opportunity um, to do it. Um, it really is a blessing. It is. And, and we're going to strike out sometimes, uh, and that's fine. The main thing is that you showed up and you were faithful. Right. You know, and I, I feel like a lot of, we, we, we talk about all these gigantic issues and things, and they are important, but a lot of the time I feel like God is just interested in the simple faithfulness of everyday steps. Did, mm-hmm. Were you kind to that person when that person flat out asked you about me, did you tell them about me um, in the best way that you could? Um, uh, you know, oftentimes it's it's just about being faithful in the moment um, rather than I. We sell in Christian con- conferences these grand vision schemes and these ideas, and I think they're okay, but they're borrowed from the business world. Um, you know, the, you could go to a business summit; it's basically the same thing as a Christian summit. 
Um, but the truth is it's the simple, I think, I don't know. Uh, I, it's the simple little moment by moment opportunities. Are you going to be faithful with the small things? And the Bible says that if you are faithful, with the small things, God will bless you with bigger things. Mm-hmm. Um, if, or if you can be trusted, he who can be trusted with the small things can be trusted with the big things. So focus on those small things. Um, you may not have the right answer and it's okay to say, I don't know. Um, or I'll look that up or I'll pray about it. Or just honestly, like Josh, like you were saying, just keep asking questions, mm-hmm. um, you know, good questions about them and where they are. And then keep bringing it back to Jesus. That That's the main thing because it's easy to get frustrated, especially if they accuse you of, of something or accuse mm-hmm. the church of something. Keep bringing it back to Jesus and who he is. Yeah. Um, and 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 you may, you may be the, the exact person they need to talk to in that moment. And you may be the only Christian they ever meet, which puts a lot of pressure on you. Don't, don't feel like it takes <laughs> a lot of pressure. But you're there. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's know what you mean. <laughs> at least they have a chance to hear once, yeah. even if it's not perfect, be thankful that you were there and that you could be faithful in that moment. So just, just embrace those moments as they come. I mean, I, I'm a terrible evangelist. Um, like <laughs> I, 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 I would be hard pressed to think of a person who's come to the Lord because I spoke to them directly. Um, you know, maybe God willing there, our, our movies have been translated or, or bringing up Bobby was translated into Portuguese in Brazil. Now we did not do well in, in, in the United States in English, um, financially, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tens of thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands of people saw the movie, but we did not make money. Uh, <laughs> we broke even barely. Uh, I could have made more money working at Taco Bell, but, um, there, there was this moment we got, we got an email from a distributor saying there's this perfect moment in, in Brazil, uh, where economically, uh, it's a long story of how they got, they, they went into an economic slump and then they came back. But this Christian mission, missionary team saw that um, Brazil was starting to have money and had money for DVDs and DVD players back when those were things. And, um, and they needed entertainment. And schools and libraries and movie rental stores were looking for anything to put on the shelf because people were ravenous wow. for entertainment, especially from the, from the United States because course, we make yeah, the movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they said, let's get as many Christian films in here, sell them cheap, and flood the market with the gospel. Wow. And it was like, that is a, a once-in-a-lifetime idea. You know, that what an cool. incredible yeah. idea. And, and so my brother and I are like, okay – we're not going to make much money. You know, I don't know who these people are. Um, so we, we took the dialogue out of our film and just left the music and the uh, sound effects and stuff. And they dubbed in Portuguese, which is the language they speak in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And, and by the grace of God, we sold more copies in Brazil in Portuguese than we did in the United States in English. Wow. Um, and it was one of those moments. I'm, I have no idea if the Lord touched any hearts in Brazil. Um, you know, but that is, it, to me, speaks a lot about how God works. It, it, we can have these great big plans about uh, how I'm going to conquer the world and build a film studio that shoots 10 pictures a year and <laughs> you know, makes all these money and attracts all these actors. But God is the God who is interested in reaching these people in, in Brazil, in Portuguese, yeah. that I have no, I have no idea. You know? uh, and, and, and simply by saying yes to these little opportunities that God puts in your life, you never know what's going to happen. And so I think a lot of it is just how, how can I be faithful with the little thing he's given me um, in, in this moment? That's, that's the most important thing. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. You, you just never know. You, you never, never know. know. And yeah, it's best just not get in our own way and just, right. just be faithful and be obedient to whatever right. uh, God lays on our heart there. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced that with podcasting. Like God may put a topic on your heart that you're like, nobody's going to want to hear this. Yeah. You know, no, nobody wants to know about this thing. And then you get an email or you get a, you know, a message that that was the thing somebody needed. You just, you never know. God does put things on our hearts for a reason. Um, praise God. He's, he's really cool. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. You just, I mean, the, the stories you hear and I mean, like that, that's an amazing story. That's so cool about. Isn't that wild? Yeah. yeah. That's I really mean, cool. And pro- probably something you never just, uh, suspected in a million years. Like No, I mean, Brazil, Brazil? who knows in, in a language I, I've never even seen it dubbed in, in Portuguese. I would love to, but, uh, and you know, we didn't make a lot of money off the deal, but I, I can't wait when I'm in heaven. I just yeah. to be like, God, what were you doing there? Uh, yeah. what, what happened? Cause it's got, there's, it's, it's gotta be interesting. You know, uh, yeah. We, we kind of get wise on our own eyes sometimes. And who would ever thought like a DVD shortage, here's an opportunity to get Christian movies in there. They're going to eat it all up. Right. I, I would have never thought of that. Like that's, yeah. and, and the window was, closed as soon as it opened. I mean, it was like within six months, um, the, the market was saturated with other films, oh, but okay. that, but I mean that mission organization, got a ton in there while they could yeah. uh, was just kind of an incredible thing seize the moment you know wow what a cool story like yeah that. and that wild yeah, yeah. that's really cool <laughs> yeah okay well we're gonna go wrap this up here we're, oh, we're, sure. we're pushing 50 minutes now so oh my i mean goodness. i feel i feel like we could keep going this was yeah a great conversation rolling, all night oh yeah yeah <laughs> but uh well we've loved having you on here chris we uh it was, it was a real pleasure to have you on here yeah, yeah absolutely and bless uh, you guys. everybody out there you can again that's uh chris's podcast is the truce podcast uh, you said season three coming up soon. Coming up soon. soon. Yeah, that's T R U C E. By the way. Um, oh, yes, yes. Thank you. Yeah, I'm in the in talks with a podcast network um, to try to to join a podcast network. So that's slowed me down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, God willing, we'll be out soon. I've got a bunch of episodes ready. I just need I need a, a go date. Yeah. Uh huh. I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. All right. So everybody, again, that's the Truce Podcast. T R U C E Truce. You can listen there. And Chris does an amazing job again doing journalistic work. Um, really, I think you. I think I, I think I read somewhere like trying to really bring to light the people on the fringes of society and yep. and things mm-hmm. like that. And it does a great, great job. So, oh, again, thanks. And, and again, Chris, thank you for joining us. We really yeah. appreciate it. And Shane, uh, thanks for joining. Yeah. Me, always. Oh, uh, fascinating, Chris. I enjoyed talking to you. <laughs> I know it's been, been a really great time. Really great time. Godspeed, guys. And. Uh, yeah, thanks for being here. And remember, you can always contact us uh, via email at switchinglensespodcast at gmail. And you can reach us on Facebook and Twitter. And again, thanks, guys. And we will see you next time. Bye.